So how y'all doing this morning? Are y'all excited? Y'all ready? All right. I'm going to ask that again at the end, and we'll see how excited y'all are. Um, little commercial. We are wearing these T-shirts today advertising, and if you want one of these T-shirts, we had not placed the order yet. We're selling them for $5 a piece. If you don't have $5, sign up anyway, and we're going to get you a T-shirt. We want everybody to have them. And so um, mine is a little different shade of green because I'm special. There's only one brand of T-shirt that I'll wear, and all the T-shirt people that make them know that. So I don't even have to ask for my T-shirt. They just print it. And so um, I, I'm going to have to clear some mud up real quick before we get started. Um, I did go away this week. Last year, some of y'all might remember, I went away for four or five days and just sermon prep for the next six, eight, nine months. And the best thing I ever did spiritually, and I said, I'm going to do that again this year. And so Mike thought he was loving on me, and he put a thing on Facebook that says, pray for our pastors. He's praying for direction for our church. Well, immediately between me, Tammy, and Frank, we got about 14 phone calls. Are you leaving? No, I'm not leaving. Why am I leaving? You voted on me. I'm not leaving. So, no, I'm not leaving. I was literally prepping for sermons. And so I had a great week. I'm, I'm out to the end of the year on, on what we're going to be doing and where God's bringing us. And I'm real excited about that. But um, I'll be honest, it was, a little, it was tough because everything's so unknown. Because I'm a, I, I'm a planner, and I guess it was from 20 years in engineering, and and whenever I plan stuff out, I want to plan and gate six months, a year, two years. I like to have everything out. Well, right now, I'm good for about a month because we don't know if we're going to move to phase three in a month or we're going to be in phase two for a while longer. And, and, and it don't sound like a big deal, but when you go from prepping for sermons for 30 minutes to 20 minutes, when you cut a third out, that's a lot. And so, I, and so even this week, I'm thinking, all right, do I need to go and bring this one into two weeks or one week? And so, but it was good. I, I had a great time, just me and God. I didn't watch TV at all. And so, um, but I ate good. I didn't fast at all while I was gone. I did a lot of praying, but I did a lot of eating because there's some good food in Lafayette, you know? And somebody said, well, why'd you go just Lafayette? And I said, because if I'd have stayed here, I wouldn't have got nothing done. There's too many squirrels. You know, but when just to get an hour away in a hotel room by yourself, you know, what made a big difference for me. And so um, it, it was a good week, but I'm not going nowhere um, until God puts a burning inferno around me. So we're going to be in Acts 9, and we're continuing on our path of um, we are the church. And what does it mean when we say we are the church? And, you know, we, we've been building this up. You know, we went from how we should fellowship together and Bible study together and spend time together and eat together. And, and then we saw how that morphed into the church was growing radically. And then, then persecution started happening. And we've talked about persecution the last two weeks. Well, this week we're, we're moving into from the persecution to conversion. And so um, I, I love these scriptures because I think it fits all of us, not some of us, all of us in some way. So Acts chapter 9, verse 1, it said, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. And he went to the high priest and he asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you, persecu- whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go in the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless, and they heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind. He did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord said to him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he will suffer for my name. And then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately seeing something like scales fall from Saul's eyes, He could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Father, we come to you right now, Lord. Just say that we love you, Father. And I thank you for this beautiful day you've given us, Father. Thank you for this opportunity we have to worship you in your house. Father, right now, Father, I just ask. Father, right now I beg that you just show us our hearts. And Father, let us see what you're calling us to do. Father, let us be obedient. In Son's name I pray. Amen. You know, as you read these scriptures and you start looking, you know, and, and for some of us, we're going to sit here and say, you know, that don't have anything to do with me. It has everything to do with us. See, because people are messy. You know, Saul was a messy person. Saul, as educated as he was and as trained as he was, he was a messy person. And we're messy people. And whenever you start doing church, Church gets messy because this building isn't just a a temple for the perfect people. This is a room for the messy people. And we're messy. And the more that we get into life and the more that we start seeing what God's revealing in our hearts, the messier we get at times. And so that's what we need to realize today is, you know, Saul is messy and we need to realize that church is for imperfect people. We're the church. Remember that. We are the church. Written right here in front of you, so you can see it all morning. We are the church, and we're messy. But our God, our God is perfect, and he wants us to strive to be like him. And so whenever you start digging into this and you start looking, you know, in Galatians 1.4, you don't have to turn there. In Galatians 1.14, it says, this is Paul talking. He says, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many my own age and extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. You know, Saul, his name was changed to Paul, you know, a little bit down the road. But Paul right there is telling us, he said, I was zealous for the traditions. How many of us get caught up in traditions? Let's just be honest. How many of us in our own life, in our own family, we get caught up in traditions? In church life, we get caught up in traditions. And how many times has these words killed a church? 
well, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way we've always done it. And that's how we're going to stand. Well, when you stand on that, you're going to die in your own life, in your own church or wherever, because you have to be willing to make changes because God's constantly changing our hearts. And so whenever we get to those first few scriptures, you know, and we start looking at them, what is he telling us, you know? What did, what did Saul say whenever that light flashed around? Now, not many of us has had a light flash around us like that, have we? Where this bright light's flashed and we hit the ground all of a sudden, we know that God's talking to us. But yet we've had those moments in life where God spoke to us, haven't we? And so right there in those first few verses, you have to see, you have to say, well, what do you say? What did you say when God called you out? And some of us in today, we might not have been to that point yet. Today might be your day to where God's calling you out. And he's saying, I need you to accept me. I need you to say that I'm the Lord of your life. You know, so how do we answer whenever we see that? The better question, are we listening? He might be talking to us, but we might be doing this, la, 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 so that we don't have to hear him. So are we really hearing what, he, what he's saying? You know, and then you skip down into these next verses, you know, and we start looking in after from verse 6 to 16. You know, when God calls, are we listening? When God calls, are we listening? Because skip down to verse 13. You know, We've already went through where Saul got blinded by the light, and we've got through where Jesus has talked to him, and now he's got up. And you remember, Saul was a man's man. Saul was a leader. You know, Saul was one of them guys like, um, some of y'all is going to remember the, the commercial, was it E.F. Hutton? When E.F. Hutton talks, you listen, you know? And when Paul spoke, when Saul spoke, you listened to him. And so at this point, this went from a guy from being the leader to somebody that was having to be led to the next city because he physically couldn't even see where to go. But then we skip down, you know, and, and we get to where in verse 10 where God starts talking to, to, to Ananias. And it says, the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord had told him, go to Judas on Straight Street. Now, you know, this is just Johnny. Do you think he really put Paul on Straight Street because he was straightening his path out? That's just my, the way I think. So anyway, go to Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. You know, right here, God's telling Ananias, all right, this is where you're going to go. And this man knows you're coming because I've already revealed your name to him in, in a vision and in his um, dreams. But then when we get to verse 13, I think this is where we kick in. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. You know, right there, how many times do we reason out with God? Let's get honest. How many times when God calls us to do something do we start saying, hmm, God, really? Really? Do you know who this person is? God, have you seen their Facebook post lately? God, have you seen what they're tweeting out and what they're snapping out? God, have you seen... What happens when they walk into a store? How many of us do it? You know, whenever you start looking at this, and, and you know, and, and Ananias, or even let's make it more personal. I know for me, y'all have heard a lot of my story, and you've heard that the night that God called me into ministry and how I literally 
physically laid in the middle of my living room floor on a Friday night in August and said, God, you cannot be calling me to ministry. God, have you heard me talk? God, this is the where, where redneck and country boy collide. God, you can't be calling me to be a speaker. God, I don't have the eloquence that this pastor and this pastor and this one does. And he says, I'm calling you. Johnny, I want you. I don't want, I've got them. I need you. How many of us do that? How many of us say, God, mm, I'm not that person. I'm not that person. But then I love how it goes into verse 15. And it said, but the Lord said to Ananias, go. It didn't say go, period. It didn't say go, comma. It didn't say go, semicolon. It said go, exclamation mark. Go. Just go. I'm telling you what you need to do. You need to go because this person is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name. What if somebody, if you're sitting in here today, if you're a believer, what if the person that told you about Christ had balked and said no? Where would you be today? Think about that. Now, it's your turn to go because there's somebody that you're supposed to be telling about Jesus. There's somebody that you're supposed to be telling. You know, go, go tell Brother Frank Hey, I want to teach Sunday school. I know I'm not qualified. I know I can't do it, but I'm here. Go tell him, hey, I can rock babies like the best of them. Right? We need baby rockers, don't we, Amanda? We need people to sit with kids. Go, go. That's what he's saying, go. But we get too hung up in excuses in our life. We get too hung up saying, hmm, you know, maybe God, hear what I'm telling you. I'm not minimizing. A lot of us, a lot of us will get hung up in this four-letter word, pray. I'll pray about it. And what that really means is, is I'm hoping you're going to forget to come back and ask me about this. I'll pray about being on that committee. I'll pray about teaching that class. I'll pray about... And in our deep down prayer is, God, let them forget I walked the face of the earth so they don't come back and ask me to follow up with this. And I think that's why it's so important whenever, whenever God looked at Ananias and he says, go, go. This person is chosen by me. I need you to go. So do we care? Do we care enough to hear God? Do we care enough to say, okay. You know, because at that point, Ananias, I've got no choice now. I need to go. I've got no choice now. I need to go. So he goes in and he puts his hands on Saul. And then immediately, immediately, Saul could see again. Immediately. You know, if you skip down to verse 19 and 20, it says, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus and sent it. Once he began to preach. Because remember, God put a calling on his life. God had a purpose for his life. And once Ananias was obedient, then Saul was able to start fulfilling his purpose with God. I left my phone way over here again, Donnie. If you have your phone, take your phone out. You don't get to hear that in church too much. 
Take your phone out. If you're super cool like me, you can check your blood sugar real quick. Take your phone out. Turn your camera on now. Flip your camera to where you're taking a selfie. You ready? Now take a picture of you. You can take a picture of your whole family if you want. Get you a good picture. You got it? That's it, Dylan. Dylan, throw up the deuces like this in the picture. Huh? You're big cheesing over there. So you got your picture? All right. That's your constant reminder that you're a sinner and that you're not perfect and that you're messy and God can heal you. God can fix you. Just like Saul. When you looked at the life, Saul stood there. Saul stood there and ordered Stephen to be stoned. Saul stood there and watched him kill one of God's anointed. And now all of a sudden, God's fixed that. And he says, Saul, I'm going to take your messy life and I'm going to use you to write half of the New Testament. I'm going to use you to make a difference in so many people's lives. It's going to be silly. But you have to be obedient to me. There's not one person in here that God can't use unless you're disobedient. And you say, God, don't use me. And you run from him. God can use all of us. God can do that because he's that big. Saul's eyes was open because he heard. Saul was used because Ananias was obedient. There was two parts in that. Saul had to hear and Ananias had to be obedient. So think about this. Jesus does the calling. Jesus sets the vision. He sets the mission, directs the mission. We just have to be obedient in doing it. We have to be obedient to doing it. And we have to remember along the way. There's going to be times that some of y'all are going to get mad at Johnny Morgan because my life's messy. And you're going to get mad at me and say, how dare you tell me what I need to be doing when you're doing this? You know, how dare you? There's going to be times that our life's going to get messy. The more that we start living life together and the more that we start growing in Christ and the more that we start revealing stuff to each other, we realize that we're messy. And that's when God starts working. And we have to realize that we have to be willing to do those things. Because hear what I'm telling you. The only way people's going to change is if they see Jesus. The only way what's going on in the United States of America right now is going to change. It's not going to be from pointing fingers at each other. It's not going to be from screaming at each other. It's going to be when people start seeing Jesus. It's going to be when people start seeing what we are the church really means. Whenever we start looking and we say we're the church and people look at our lives and they see us not pointing our finger at us, but they see us loving them. Jesus don't call us to judge nobody. He calls us to love. And that's when things are going to start changing. In Mark 2, some of my favorite scripture, it says Mark 2 chapter and verse 17 says, Jesus said to them, I'm not here, the health, I'm not here for the healthy. The healthy do not need a doctor. It's the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but the sinners. Jesus didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. What are we doing? How are we living? Next week, who's going to be the Saul that's going to walk through that door? Next week, who's going to be the Ananias that's going to walk through the door? 
nobody if we don't bring them. There won't be a Saul come through that door if we don't bring them. There won't be an Ananias come through that door if we don't bring them. So just like back here, whenever I told you in verse um, 15, when the Lord said to Ananias, go this morning, that's our marching orders, is to go. What's he tell us? In, In Matthew 28, it says, go make disciples, baptize, and teach. In Acts 1, what's he tell us? He says, go be my witnesses. Nowhere, nowhere in here does he say, go sit. Nowhere in here does he say, go sit. He says, go. Go get messy with them. Go live life with them. Go show them who I am. Go show them what he's done in your life. Go. Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, just to say that we love you, Father, and I thank you for today. Father, I just thank you for your word, Father, and just how, Father, you show us, Father, just like when we took that that picture of ourselves, Father. Father, we're sinners. Father, but your love and your mercy and your grace and your blood covers all of that to bring us to you. Father, this morning, Father, I just ask, Father, that if there's somebody in here, Father, that don't know you, Father, they've never asked you to become the Lord of their life, Father, they've never asked you for forgiveness, that today will be that day. Father, today will be the day that they surrender to you completely. Father, there might be some in here, Father, that can go back and say, you know, I prayed that prayer, and at one point, Father, you was the Lord of my life. And you was number one, but I've kind of slipped you down in that order. But today I'm moving you back to top priority. Father, for some it might be, you know something, I want to be part of a church. I want my church home to be that home that's not afraid to go. I want my church home to be a church that's not afraid to get messy and live life. But live it chasing after God. Father, but today, Father, let us, Father, see what only eyes that you can give us, Father, to into our hearts. Father, let us be obedient. Give us the courage that we need to make the decisions that we need to make. But Father, we love you. Father, and I thank you again for today. In your son's name I pray. Amen. This morning I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And there's cards in the windows. So if you want to make a commitment, whether you want to want somebody to talk to you about how to accept Christ or rededicate your life to him or make live oak your home or if you want prayer fill out one of those cards drop it in the buckets and we'll get with you this week because it's a priority for us just be obedient to what God's calling